Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. We're going to talk about uh, worship today. Surprise! The worship director is talking about worship, right? Isn't that funny? Steve, actually, um, Steve Mize was talking to me once, and the last time I spoke, and, and he was like, you're avoiding the word sermon and the word preach like it's a plague. What's it like? <laughs> I kept saying, I'm going to speak. I'm preparing to speak. You know, <laughs> get... <laughs> Yeah, and he, um, he actually he stopped me this morning. He's like, where's your suit, man? And I was like, well, you see, I, actually, I wore this on purpose because I opened this up on, um, on Christmas. Okay, as soon as I opened it up, I put it on, and Mandy was like, that is the most worship pastor thing I've ever seen in my entire life. She's like, that is, this is like the worship pastor look. You are you're like leaning hard into it now. We're, we're at the point now where I'm just giving up and I'm just saying, yep, that's, you'll just be able to, you know, you'll be able to tell what I am, I guess, from a distance. We're in Romans today, chapter 12. I've actually spoken about this, or spoken on this passage, preached on this passage, there I go again, <laughs> before. But Severn Baptist, Mark Corbett, Pastor Mark Corbett over there, he, he had to step away for a weekend and, and he was like, hey, just preach whatever you want to preach about. And I was like, okay, I like worship. I'm you know, our worship pastor and all. And I'll tell you guys, just like I told them, with me talking about worship, this is like sermon roulette. This could be 20 minutes if I get nervous. This could be two hours, you know what I'm saying? If I decide that I'm going to, you know, keep going. And I know some of you guys are groaning over the two-hour thing. I better not see you at a movie or a sporting event or anything like that. I'd be like, mm, you think you can... You can groan at uh, listening to a sermon in that long, but you're going to go see the new Marvel f- movies, you know, I, I see. see. And some of you women getting a perm. My mom's a hairdresser. I know how long that lasts. <laughs> I know exactly how long that lasts. Don't play. Don't play. We got this. All right. So we're going to jump right into the, uh, to the text this morning. I got to say it like that if I'm preaching, right? Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in the view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Amen. That's a um, really short little passage, but it's got a lot of things that we can unpack if we pay close attention, right? That's right. That's right. That's, that's my only job this morning. Um, so I've got a few questions where I like to ask myself questions when I read, um, when I read scripture. And, and the first thing that pops into my mind every time I, I, I read this is what is worship? We have to kind of get a, a, you know, basic understanding of, of what Paul's talking about here. And I've asked this question the past two years straight at our, um, worship, our worship retreat Thing that we do, um, where I kind of get the whole team together and we, we talk about things, where we're going, and, and I just want to make sure that I give them a basic understanding of worship. I've, I've told them this year, you know, it's, it shouldn't be, if somebody comes up to you and you're, you're leading worship, you probably should be able to answer if they ask you what you mean by worship, you know? I get a lot of different answers both years. Sometimes I've, I've gotten some wild stuff thrown out at me. Um, a lot of people really, really focus on just the music, and we're going to find out today that that's not what's going on. But 
I also get a lot of blank stares, and I actually, this year, I took actual footage of, like, the, like, the, the, the stairs, you know, here it is. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of what we see sometimes when we, when we ask this question. But, um, I know it feels probably, if your worship pastor's asking you, like, what's worship? You're like, uh, is this a trick question? Like, no, it's not. It's not a trick question. Um, it is kind of weird to answer, though, because we don't really think about what worship is normally. We just kind of do it. You know, we, we learn a lot of things about our faith through coming to church and just participating in it rather than kind of elevating it to our, our conscious thought and, and trying to figure out what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. So um, that's a good thing. I mean, I love, I love that we learn through our practice, but then you've got to ask, what happens if you wind up in a church where your practice is wrong? What if you're visiting someplace and you're getting taught something and it's a little against the grain, but you, know, you don't know exactly what you're doing anyway? So what if we end up leaning too far in the wrong direction? Um, so we're, basically today, we're going we're gonna to proofread that paper. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk about what worship is, so that we have a good understanding of it, um, so that we don't you know, view it in the wrong way. Um, now, I've got to say, this is not exhaustive. Like I, I joked and said that it would, I could speak about it for two hours, and I probably could, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but it is, you're probably going to notice it's kind of polemical, okay? It's, this is a, kind of more of a, I'm speaking against current understandings that um, we have issues with here. So, first and foremost, what is worship? It's the work of acknowledging the worth of our Lord. That's the, uh, that's the short answer there. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. We can all pack up and go, right? Yeah. It's applying worth to God, right? But in Scripture, um, if you, every time you see the word worship, how many of you know your, your Bible wasn't written in English? It wasn't bound in leather? You know, just floated out of the sky into your hands one day or something? Um, it was translated. And uh, in Scripture, there's two categories of words that are used um, as worship. That's what's translated into worship. Okay, the first group, this is the, the basic definition of it, to bow or to pay homage to, okay? Now, this is the uh, narrow sense of the term. It's a, uh, an immediate thing, right? We're not, um, you'll hear people say that um, worship is a lifestyle, and, and clearly when it's used sometimes, it's not talking about their whole lifestyle. It's something that, that somebody has done immediately, right then and there. Um, and an example of that's in Exodus 34, 6 through 8, just to give you a little bit of context. Then the Lord passed by in front of Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin, yet he will, no, he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. Moses then made haste to bow low toward the earth, and worship, right? So this is an immediate thing. Now, that is kind of what we do, or what we aim to do anyway, through our music here, right? We just spent, um, we, we had five songs uh, in our set to start off this morning, and the whole, the whole idea is that we're going to, to bow and pay homage to God, right? And many, but a lot of people, a lot of people really get confused here because they think that's all that worship is. Again, I've had so many people say, when I ask, you know, what is worship? They're like, oh, it's, it's a music genre. 
It's, it's sometimes it's not even a very interesting music genre, you know, and you're like, eh, it's not that. But anyway, second, <clears throat> second category of word used is service rendered unto God, right? The Levites were called to serve God in temple worship, okay? Um, it's, it's really funny to me. We've gotten away from this, but um, our Sunday mornings are called worship services. The whole thing is a service, an act of worship unto God. It's not just the music. You know, you don't, you don't get here and get to, um, get to have fun and, and sing along or something, and then, and then the worship is over. That's, that's not where we end there, right? Psalm 211 uses the word this way. It says, um, serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. Now, that's serve right there in certain translations. It's also, it's also um, said, says worship. Like, they're, they're just interchangeable there. Ironically, the next verse starts, pay homage to the sun. So, but here, in this passage, um, Romans 12, a lot of people actually, they, they interchange the words there. Um, in, in the New King James Version, you'll see that, uh, that let me read it to you as the New King James Version. Here we go. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual service, right? So already we're, we're seeing that Paul is, um, he's saying it's a little bit more than just singing your songs, right? And service, the way that that fits into acknowledging the worth of our God is that it, it, it just acknowledges the place that God has in our lives, right? We're acknowledging when we serve that God is master, and we are servant, right? We're putting him in his proper place. We're giving him his proper worth in our lives. Cool. Moving right along. You guys are going to get the 20 minute one today. All right. So what does this tell us about worship? These two, these two definitions or categories work together oftentimes. They kind of interweave. Um, I'm, never, I'm not going to say that any word fits perfectly into one or the other, right? But typically they have a way that they lean. Well, the first thing that we want to note, based on these two things, is that worship is an action. You've, I know I avoid the word preach like a plague again, but if there is anything that I do preach, um, you'll hear me say this all the time, worship is not a spectator sport. It's not something that we're here just to take in. You know, you don't get to walk in on a Sunday and not do anything and, and consider yourself worshiping. That's not how that works. Um, and, you know, I, I consider it a win. Amy actually has started using that, that term. I'm, I'm hoping now that I coined it and that she didn't read it somewhere, like the same place that I did if I read it somewhere. I don't know. But she said it one day, and I was over here. I was like, yes. You know what I'm saying? That's a win. That is a win. The second thing these two um, categories tell us about worship is that worship is, by definition, not about us. There is no, no way in the world that, that worship is ever about us, all right? Now, and this is where you, uh, you might notice that I'm, if you pay attention to how other people treat worship, um, you might notice that I'm kind of leaning against that right now. Um, worship is not just about feeling the Holy Spirit. Um, it's not about ushering in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if yours leaves you somehow or another, but I was indwelled when I got saved. Uh, he never goes anywhere, right? It's not about unlocking any kind of hidden promises for your life. That's weird. You know, worship is not about you. I'm sorry if that, you know, if, if you didn't know that before, but selfish worship, 
would be pursuing something through, like to gain through worship, right? And that's, that's a, it's an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't exist. You don't worship to get something. You worship to give something, right? Now, I also don't want to lean too hard into this. Um, it is okay to feel things during worship. That's not what I'm saying. You know, I'm not here to say that if you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit or something, that uh, you've done something wrong. Worship should move you. You know, and anything that moves you, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have an emotional response with, right? And it might not always move you. That doesn't mean that you're not worshiping if you're not feeling anything, okay? I know so many people that are like, look, I've tried so hard and I'm just not feeling anything. I'm like, okay, well, you've done your due diligence. That's fine. It's okay. It's all right. If you get in here and you don't break down in tears and have some kind of crazy out-of-this-world experience where you feel like your spirit's left your body, that's all right. You're not dead, like, <laughs> there might be a time and place for that. Don't wish for it, you know? But we should worship with all of our being, including our emotions, but feeling something is not the goal. The goal of worship is to serve and honor Christ, to give him his due diligence, to, up, to afford him his proper place in our lives, right? Amen. Now, the second question we want to ask is why do we worship? Now, Paul actually gives us some clues in this verse. This is, y'all are good, like, Mark and Amy are probably going to laugh at me right now because I'm going full on, like, Bible college person right here. All right, you ready for this? Boom. You see that word, therefore? Therefore. What is the therefore, therefore? We got to find out. If you see a therefore in the text, you got to see what the therefore is there for. People, like, we, when you're in Bible college, you have to write whole pages, like, whole papers on. <laughs> this word, um, it's specifically in this passage, but I can't pass it up. I'm in Bible college. If I like just skipped over that and didn't say anything about it, and somebody in my class saw it, they'd probably crucify me, and, and I'm too young to go. So, but <clears throat> therefore is it's a it's a clue about something that I'm I'm also passionate about uh, context. Um, if there's anything else in the world that I preach, especially to your kids in the back, it is. Uh, Never read a Bible verse. Um, read, read the whole passage so that you're not taking this thing out of context because a lot of people will form entire doctrines off of these weird things because there's one verse that says something and it's the only verse they remembered. You know? Um, so we're going to look at the context of Romans. And sidebar, Mark last week was like, yeah, I think I might do a review of Romans. And I was like, oh, crap, there goes half my sermon. And he was like, I decided not to. And I was like, Jesus is alive. <laughs> Proof right there, guys. You need to write that one down for your apologetic arguments. There it is. All right, so uh, we're going to look at, at Romans in review right here, okay? Chapters 1 through 3. Paul's main emphasis in the first three chapters, now he emphasizes, I mean, he, he talks about a lot of things, but his main emphasis is that God would be justified in his wrath against all of humanity because we have all sinned and failed to glorify God, right? All of mankind is sinful. And in chapter 3, we kind of see this shift a little bit. All of a sudden, Paul starts really focusing in chapters 3 through 5 about um, how God has offered forgiveness freely and graciously given through the atoning work of Christ on the cross, right? Then he continues, he elaborates on that fact, and he says, Through faith, God has justified the believer and moved him from spiritual death to life. Right? You're not, only, not only are you just saved and set equal, you know, but you're justified now. God sees you in a positive light because of, of Christ's work. 
And then, chapters 9 through 11, Paul has a little sidebar there where he goes off and he, and he says, you know, God, not only is he, is he mighty enough to save, but he can do this while still completing all of his promises to Israel. Okay? Now, what Paul has done is essentially, he's just given us the gospel story, right? Um, when you're born, you're born into sin. We have no hope of saving ourselves. There's nothing we can do to earn God's favor, right? But God willingly chose to step down as a man named Jesus Christ and die for our sins on a cross. He was resurrected three days later, came out of that grave, and then he is restored, through that, he has restored us in you know, right relationship with himself. And this, uh, this, these, this context, Paul's done a really good job of this. I love it. I, I say these, these next two things with the, your kids in the back all the time as well. Um, so we worship, Paul shows us, because God is great. Okay? God is holy and righteous without compare, utterly worthy of our worship in and of himself. He doesn't need to have done anything to deserve our worship. He is perfect, all-pleasing, Okay? He needs nothing else to be worthy. And worship is the act of ascribing worth to something, right? We've already gone over that. And uh, right in the last little bit that we did last week that, that Mark preached on, um, Romans 11, 33 through 36, um, Paul really focuses in. He, he gives a doxology, um, and, and he praises God. He worships God because of how great God is, specifically his wisdom in that, in that passage. You know, I, um, this year with our worship team, I went over, I, I categorize our songs um, that we sing up here. And uh, each, each song has a certain, it, they don't fit perfectly into things, but they all fit into, more into one box than another. And um, I asked how people thought I was picking the songs when I picked, because right now Chloe and I are like alternating. We pick every other every other week, um, and Chloe was like, oh, um, you just like to pick the old songs. I guess she thinks I'm old, and I just want like a, a good throwback or something every other Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we're just going to ignore that she picked all the old songs this week, but anyway, you know, <laughs> she's not out here to defend herself, so we're not going to get into that, right? But, <laughs> but I don't. I pick songs because of their content, and there's one specific bit um, this is the first category I search for every time I look through our songs. Um, I'm looking for a song of adoration, which is just a song of worship about God because God is great, because of who God is, not because of anything he's doing for me, but just because of who God is, right? And then the second, second reason we worship is because God is good, because he has done stuff for us, right? This reminds me of the, uh, you guys know the little, the prayer that children say before they eat, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's, there's some rich theology in, in the, little, the little traditional things we teach our children. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so thankful that, uh, that we, you know, me and Mandy still try to do that um, because there's a lot of good stuff in there that I feel like as they get older, they'll probably be able to, to pick out. Um, but anyway, we, we worship God because of what he's done for us. And, and this is especially well accomplished in the Psalms. You guys read the Psalms very, much, very often? Anybody? I try to read like a Psalm a day, 
and craft it into a prayer. And you'll come across things like Psalm 7, 17. It says, I will thank the Lord for his righteousness. I will sing about the name of the Lord the Most High. And Psalm 1, which says, I will thank the Lord with all my heart. I will declare all of his wonderful works. Right? So we worship God because he's what? Yep, and because he's? Yeah, awesome. You guys are coming right along. Y'all are, y'all are teaching this the next time we do Romans. And the last thing that uh, we're going to get into this morning is how do we worship, right? <clears throat> this, is, this is the mind-blowing stuff. Are you ready? You're not ready. We present ourselves, oh my goodness, you mean you, that wasn't like something extraordinary, Tyler? No, all I have to do is tell you what Paul says, really. That's like my main job this morning. You have to present yourself. You have to be present to worship. Paul tells you right there in that verse. Again, worship is an action. It takes effort on our behalf, right? Right. Not only do we present ourselves, though, but we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, okay? Now, something that's really cool about that verse to me is that um, we present our bodies, right? A living sacrifice. Sacrifice is singular and bodies is plural, right? Um, and, and Paul's really given an order here to the church as a whole. Um, <laughs> you can't, we weren't made to, be, to worship alone, right? We were made to worship within the context of a community. Um, live stream is great. I love being able to, to go home from time to time. And um, if, if somebody's sick in my family, if I'm sick, and I get to, uh, I get to still feel like I'm, you know, being a part, not missing out too much on church. But live streaming is not a permanent solution for the church. Um, it's not something that we, uh, we want to do long term. What we end up doing, honestly, the dangers of live streaming is that you're conditioning yourself to, uh, to view worship more as entertainment. You just want to consume it like you consume a movie. Um, that's, that's not good. That's not what we're here for. That's not what worship is about, right? Not at all. So it's dangerous long term. It's nice for the occasional weekend. I'm not, this is not about any of you guys. If you're like, oh my goodness, I was, li- I was, I was gone last week and Tyler's up there like, like calling me out. No, I'm not. I'm not. It is fine. I, it just, you can't expect though to worship in the context of community if you're just watching something on a screen. That's not community. Um, that's not how that works. Furthermore, um, the sacrifice language that, that Paul uses is, is really interesting to me. He really evokes some Old Testament imagery, right? Um, temple sacrifice. I feel like a first century um, reader of this would have been like, oh, Jews, yeah, we sacrifice things. You know, we, we used to sacrifice animals on an altar. But he does it in a weird way. He says living sacrifice, and that's that's not the same. That's not the same thing as what they would have been used to, right? Because sacrifices were one and done. I don't think you can, I guess you maybe could resuscitate a, a bull and, and kill him again, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they would have been able to, um, unless it was a miracle or something, you know. Um, but we are to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. That's continually. You know, this is where we get into the fact that worship is a lifestyle, Worship is not a one-and-done one thing. Worship is something that we continually seek to do, right? Right. That's the hard part, too, isn't it? 
I don't know about you guys, but getting sacrificed doesn't sound like fun. And I feel like we all kind of want to get up off the altar from time to time, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we do. And if you don't, then you're lying. <clears throat> second, second thing that Paul tells us is that he wants us to fully submit. Paul calls us deeper than just our bodies, guys. He says, um, you know, he, he starts out with present your bodies as a living sacrifice or offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. But then he goes further. He says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. Your mind. Paul does not want us to just go through any kind of motions and remain. It, it, it feels sometimes like, like we get to where we're, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to look the right way. But what are we? We're really acting like the Pharisees who are whitewashed tombs. You know, they're pretty on the outside, but in the inside they're dead. You know, that's not what we want to be. That's not how, what, what we're doing when we worship. We're fully submitting ourselves, our bodies and our minds to God. And in doing so, we're separating our entire lives from the current of this world or this age. And we're seeking instead to do the will of God. Because God decided to save us from our sins, we now turn and we give him our entire lives, thoughts, bodies, everything. Christianity is not a hokey pokey faith. You don't get to put your right hand in and your right hand out, your right hand in and you shake it all about, you know. That's not what we do. That is not worship. So let's stop this, this coming week. Let's, let's stop being passive if there's any kind of that going on in your life. Just, that's, this is for you guys to do, right? Um, as we go, let's try and examine ourselves. Are we, are we really, really here? Have we tried to put our distractions aside? Have we come with the intent to worship God? Are we looking for something? Can we put that, can we put that to the side? And we, uh, we try to uh, actually worship. Um, where's the worship team at? Oh, okay. Y'all can come up here. <laughs> Typically, I'm back there, like, checking the, checking the um, PowerPoint where I'm like, oh, is it time? It's almost time. It's, oh, no, we're not quite there yet. Yep. I wasn't back there to do that today. And I want to point something out. <clears throat> Way back in Romans 1, 28, Paul said this. He said, and because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God... God delivered them over to a corrupt mind so that they do what is not right. Paul mentions unbelievers and what they act like. And he, he even says that God delivers them to a corrupt mind, but for us, he's done something entirely different. For us, he stepped down as a man and pulled us out of our sin from death to life so that we might completely submit ourselves to him. Amen. What a powerful word. It's, it's sometimes it sometimes we, we, we read the scriptures and then we, we kind of get the, the culture kind of clouds our understanding of what worship is because it leans so heavily towards sort of the entertainment part of it and, and, and the look of it and the lights and, and all these things. But I mean, what a powerful thing that when we are truly, truly just um, enamored and we live in the scriptures, it helps us to really understand sometimes we need that reminder that worship is not just coming and singing a song and then leaving worship is a lifestyle 
Worship is what we do. Worship is how we serve God. And that's through music. That's through word. That's through way, the way we treat our, our, our families. That is in, 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 in sharing the gospel. And, and thank you, Pastor Tyler, for that. Um, I, I hope that you were encur- as encouraged as I was um, this morning. It's always good when we have these retreats. Um, you know, Tyler's, Tyler's passion for, for, for worship through music and, and, and just worship in general, making our lives a living sacrifice, um, just gives us new insights. And, and we always appreciate those times. Please stand. Um, and as we sing this last song, let's, let's make it our heart's desire that we take the words that we heard today from the book of Romans, from the word of God, from the you know, what, what Tyler spoke about wasn't just his, his opinion. He was talking about the living, breathing word of God. It's the word that was breathed out by the Holy Spirit and written down by God's people so that we, we can look at it and know God more deeply. So if you're here today, I pray this, this next song just touches your heart. Let it be our daily prayer that we would come to the cross on a daily basis to bring him our cares, our concerns, our joys. It's not just, God just doesn't want us to come to him when we're crying and whining. God wants us to come with to him when we rejoice and when we're happy and when we feel his blessings and when we perceive his blessings. Let's worship him one last time together through music. Um, Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.